It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. I've got the plight of parents on my brain again after being home for the holidays. I see how busy your lives are, moms and dads. I notice how hard you're working and how stressed you are juggling all of the things. Your career, the family, personal growth, friendships, quality time with your children, and separate quality time with your spouse or partner— Or the time to search for one. Am I right, single parents? And then there's the meal prep, some sort of fitness routine, me time, and sleep. You've got to sleep somewhere in there. And shit, I don't even think about getting everyone ready and and off for the day. I mean, I need to smoke a bowl just thinking about it. I've talked to so many of you parents about the benefits of cannabis as a tool to help manage the stress and anxiety associated with the rigors of parenting. I see you pushing yourself to be super parents. I appreciate that. But then you turn around and judge yourself too harshly when you fall short. Well, hopefully we're going to take care of that on today's podcast. I'm excited to share with you a crossover episode of my latest cannabis-infused podcast called Love, Mary Jane. I invited a super savvy Bay Area entrepreneur, gondrepreneur, community leader, podcaster, and father of two, Sabo Shen, to join me in the studio. Together, we tackle a letter from Canadad, seeking advice on responsibly raising little humans in the modern cannabis culture. Sabo offers sound advice and personal experiences that will empower any parent to responsibly explore their relationship with cannabis and strengthen the bond and understanding with their kids along the way. 
And of course, as your armchair life coach, I chime in with my own advice. Settle in, get casually baked, and let's listen in for some highly responsible parenting advice on Love, Mary Jane. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. Sabo, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, when I got this letter, one of my friends was with me and I told him all about it. And he said, um, my podcasting partner and friend is the ultimate can of dad. So you don't know this guy, but he is the perfect person to have on Love, Mary Jane to talk to you about this. So everyone, this is my very first time to sit down and have a conversation with Sabo, but he is going to school us on this letter right here. All right, let's go for it. Dear Mary Jane, I'm a lifelong cannabis consumer since I was a teen and have never much cared what people think about my consumption. However, I'm a first-time dad to a beautiful little three-year-old girl who pays close attention to what her daddy says and does. I'm in uncharted territory. I want to do the right things from the jump. Do you have parenting tips on how to best raise a child around cannabis? Thanks for your help. Can a dad. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And this is a very good question. And the reason why we started off Canadads along with Jim McAlpine was to help parents that are dealing with situations like this be able to have the proper language and ability to articulate what they need to articulate. And for me, uh, this question has, or the answer to this question has actually evolved over time. You know, a few years ago, I was not quite as open with what I was doing, but as the research and the um, scientific facts have been coming out that have really supported all the things that cannabis could help with, you know, I've always had a full transparency model when it comes to parenting. You know, there's this thing called Google today that kids <laughs> at a very young age understand how to quickly use. My daughter, who is eight, is very proficient at searching for things and finding out if what I told them was indeed true or if I was just making up a story. So those are the reasons why I've always been extremely honest with my children about what cannabis is. And in our household, we do not sensationalize uh, cannabis to be a panacea. You know, we don't say that it is something that will help everyone with everything, even though sometimes in the media it could be presented that way. We actually go through the pros and cons. You know, for myself, and we were talking a little bit earlier, we look at ourselves as functional stoners. We are able to consume cannabis. We consumed a little cannabis before this show just to get started, just to feel a little bit looser. But there are other people, and I have many friends who thought they were functional stoners that literally smoked from the second they got up till they went to bed. And the fact that they were able to keep their job was all the positive reinforcement that they needed to think that this was a healthy lifestyle to live. You know, that's many, a good point. That's yeah. a really good point. And many of them in their 30s, you know, just wondered where their 20s went. So for us, or for myself and my wife, we were we made the decision that we would be honest with our children. My oldest daughter is eight now. My younger daughter is four. Obviously, as far as like comprehension of like what this medicine is for, they have limitations to their full comprehension of how people utilize cannabis. But we've been very open with them that if you are over the age of 21, if you're suffering from insomnia, cancer, fibromyalgia, a host of different symptoms and 
ailments, you could absolutely utilize cannabis in a very positive way. But cannabis is like every other medicine. You have to deliver it in a safe and healthy way, and you have to monitor how often you're using it so that cannabis is serving you as opposed to you serving your cannabis habit. Right. So what do you do in the situation with children when they are that, you know, that three and four years old where it is a lot of that monkey see, monkey do kind of a thing? Like, do you consume in front of your children or do you just do that behind closed doors? Do you, what's the language you call it? Is it mommy's medicine or, you know, daddy's medicine? How does that all work in your household? Oh, these are great questions. So Um, As my daughter grew in age, I was able to be more granular with my explanation for her. And we've come up with three different terms in our house. We have, we all know medication and intoxication. And then we also came up with the nomenclature or the vernacular of activation. And activation is when daddy wants to do yoga or do uh, cannabis infused meditation. You know, and I'm not medicating, I'm not getting intoxicated. So I try to give my kids more vocabulary to more understand the different states of consciousness that you can achieve with cannabis. And I love that so much. Thank you. That is really, really smart. Okay. Medication, intoxication, and activation. Correct. Okay. I'm going to remember that. I'll make sure I include it in the show notes so that we have this little ongoing vocabulary we can share with Canadad. Awesome. I usually want to just deliver one piece of good information. So knowing that uh, it already came out makes me feel good. (laughs) Now you can Uh, relax. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, And then the second part you asked me, uh, which was this, the answer to the second question, which was, do I consume in front of my kids? Um, that answer has evolved in time as well, which was initially, I never wanted my kids to see me consume. And one time my daughter actually walked into the garage while I was consuming and I hid the machine behind my back and she got very, very curious. And after that day, I made the decision that I wasn't going to consume anytime my daughter was in the house because she may mistakenly walk in. Um, lo and behold, one day she's at home. I don't realize she's at home and she walks in the room. She sees what I'm doing, and I remember that when I hid it from her, she became very curious. So I just told her what I was doing. She shrugged her shoulders and left. And that was the moment when I realized being honest, being transparent with them, that's, for our style of parenting, the best way to go about it because I built the trust with my daughter. I didn't give her some weird excuse that she later found out was just some scare tactic that daddy was telling her. And ultimately, as she grows older, I want her to feel comfortable enough to be able to disclose whatever she needs to disclose to me as she grows older. Yeah, that's good. Well, does your wife consume as well? Uh, My wife didn't consume cannabis until my daughter was about the age of one and a half, which was about the same time that I had designed our first vaporizer. And she started consuming and essentially has given up drinking since she started consuming cannabis. So now she is a every night consumer as well. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't, we hadn't talked about that yet, but not only are you a Canada dad, but you are also a gondrepreneur in the space. Cannabis is in pretty much 365 days and, you know, full circle of your life. So I'm an Aunt Jojo. I've been having the conversation with kids about pot for a really, really long time and drugs and sex and all of these things because my nieces and nephews and my friends' kids, they'll call me up because they always felt like they'd get a straight answer from their Aunt Jojo versus mom and dad. Right. So you're giving me, you know, healthy vocabulary to use as well. And 
you know, I, I wasn't very comfortable having this conversation with Canadad being like, okay, I'm not a parent. You know, I, I can't, I'm not with it all day long every day. So what is your biggest piece of advice for someone who does have a child in that, that toddler exploration, three to four years old, like Canadad? Is there a couple of little tips you can give him in, you know, for that age group? And then we'll kind of move up to your, like your eight-year-old and see how things change there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think when they're younger in that toddler stage, um, their ability to comprehend what they're actually seeing, you know, because they just don't have a lot of life experience, it's hard for them to contextualize. So if they see somebody exhaling vapor or smoke, I will always explain to them that that smoke, that that is something that adults do. This isn't necessarily anything you'll see young people doing. And I'll explain to them that there's a physical impact on the lungs when you see people doing that. And that's why daddy made a vaporizer so that we could ease the physical uh, ailments that are happening when you're consuming cannabis uh, through an inhalation methodology. But a lot of it, you know, like I said, I don't want to keep going back to the same answer of just being transparently honest. But I do believe after watching my kids is that I always thought adults were smarter than kids. And what I realized was that kids have every bit the same analytical abilities as adults. The main difference is they have not had enough life experience to contextualize what they're seeing. So what I've really been doing is, and I've noticed once I started to do this, uh, my children's personal growth has um, just really blossomed blossomed yeah, and been a lot quicker, which was I speak to them as adults. You know, I don't use mm-hmm. baby language with them. I utilize the same language that I would be using, uh, utilizing with you. And I don't dumb down the subject. And I mean, obviously, if we were talking about heroin or crack, you know, I may just smooth out like some of the stories to make it more palatable for our yeah, young children. For sure, for but, sure. you know, when we're talking about cannabis now, we look at the research coming out of UCLA, Berkeley, Stanford, Yale, Princeton, uh, out of Israel. It's all in support of all the things that we've been saying. So as a truth seeker, as someone that believes in empirical data, I've just been extremely honest, whatever the age bracket that my kids are so that as they grow up, they'll have a much more, I think, holistic understanding of cannabis. It's not a placebo. It's not a panacea. It's how you utilize this tool. And ultimately, as they get older and they have the capability to understand more, then I start, you know, at the age of eight, my daughter is starting to understand like sadness, anxiety, depression. So now I could have deeper conversations of why people utilize cannabis when they're older to deal with these tough feelings. And yeah, you know, her being a child, you know, she doesn't need it right now. But when you're older and you have a lot more pressure other than just going to school, you have a wife, a family, a job, and all these different responsibilities, some people need something to help them relax. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at this age of eight, it seems like she's able to intellectually understand it as well as kind of embody what I'm trying to describe to her. And ultimately, I think every kid, what I always say is, I've read a bunch of parenting books and every parenting book has different techniques. But the one thing that I've seen that is a commonality is that every person's an individual. So you're going to need to address everyone a little bit differently. Now, you said I'm a entrepreneur. So I understand like I have a little bit more leeway just being very out in the open of what I do. And it's because I have such a high knowledgeable level of the plant. So maybe uh, to go back to your point is if you are someone that really wants to educate your children in the right way, is that you need to educate yourself first. 
once you're the expert, then I trust that being a good parent, you will understand when and the appropriate times to disclose this information to your children. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, you know, I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying about the thing about being open and transparent. You know, as we get older and we have, you know, life happens to us, we get kicked in the teeth, we build up these walls around our proverbial hearts. And, you know, children don't have that yet. Correct. And so they feel your intention wholeheartedly. And so, you know, you saying your daughter coming in and and being curious because you were trying to hide something versus the second time when you just let it all hang out, so to speak, and it wasn't bothered, she wasn't bothered by it. She sensed your fear and your hiding, right. you know, in that first moment. And so I really think that that's a very, very simple and important thing that we all need to be mindful of more is just that. Conscious intention and, you know, the fact that you even emailed Canadad to to say that you want to make sure you're doing it right from the beginning and that you know that she is looking to you for role modelship. So you're already doing the right things. You've reached out, you've asked the questions. And so now it's just cannabis actually helps people be better parents. Yeah. You know, you're, you have time to or you make time to answer those curious questions or to color with them or to chase fireflies or whatever that is, because that kind of stuff is fun for us too when we're casually baked. Oh, I mean, you brought up a great point. And uh, through Vape Exhale, you know, um, we started another group called Canna Athlete, where we help a lot of athletes uh, get off of opioids and utilize cannabis in a positive way in their life. And many of these athletes actually train and compete with cannabis. These are professional level athletes. And one of the things they talk about time and time and again is that it helps them achieve flow state. What is flow state? Well, it's not when you're living in your head, thinking about the past or the future, you're completely present. And who are the experts at flow state? Your kids, right? Your kids are just experts at flow state. So when I used to say cannabis made me a better parent, I kind of said it a little bit tongue in cheek in that I know that my level of patience is much higher when I'm in a activated or stronger stage. But what I tended to find out was that it wasn't just this extended patience. It was allowing me to tap into flow state and be in flow state with my children. You know, like as a 42-year-old man playing Candyland or My Little Pony Princess, like if I'm not in flow state, (laughs) I feel like just really silly. I'm like, if there's like a camera... Secret camera watching me, like this is just like blackmail stuff. Yeah, my man card's going to get Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll just uh, enjoy a little bit of cannabis and then I'll get lost into my little pony world. You know, like I know all the characters. I'm a brony myself. And, you know, being (laughs) like, I would say that that's probably the biggest gift is like as a parent, you're kind of like this. It's like you want to be your kid's friend, but you also have to teach them what's right and wrong in the world. And many times those things aren't. You know, they're mutually exclusive sometimes, right? right? So when I can get into flow state with my kids and be with them and just share myself with them and completely non-distracted, I just, when I look at so many other parents, I feel like they don't have that. And that's why they're so frustrated and they haven't experienced, I would argue that's parenthood at the highest level. Like when we're having a good conversation, we're in complete flow with each other, right? Mm -hmm. Like time doesn't seem to have that same type of linear 
length to it the same way when you're out of flow or state. Or when you're in a meeting. Yes, it, yes, in a meeting, and yeah. you keep looking at your watch like, oh my gosh, is this over yet? Is this over yet? Correct, yeah. And just spending that time with my daughters with them in flow is, I, to me, that's, the mean, that's why we're living, is to be that way with other people. For sure. And the fact that cannabis allows us to let our guard down and and just play, you know, just to be a child and play. And I'm sure as a parent, being in that moment with your kid, and it's like you can see yourself in them and they see themselves in you. I'm sure that's a very beautiful thing. Yeah. And one thing that you said that just really resonated was the concept of play, right? Like I find that in my normal sober state, when I'm seeing my kids do things, I want to correct them and let them know the proper way of doing it. And then what I found is when I'm in flow with them and I let them figure it out themselves through play, it's a much more, it's a lesson that they could apply across a broader set of things versus if I just told them what to do. And that is also another great reason why I think play is so important and actually why I actually came out here today despite you know, being inundated with meetings was that I know that in order for me to be the best version of myself at all these meetings, there needs to be a portion of Sabo's day where he's, there's no other responsibility to anyone other than spending time with you and enjoying ourselves right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. I think one of the other things that's exciting to think about for a parent who is consuming cannabis you know, from the beginning, they're not f- just introducing it into their lives when their kids are teens or tweens. You know, being a lifelong cannabis consumer around here in California, these growers' kids, they just seem to be more grounded and more optimistic and more engaged with nature. I don't know. I, I really think it's a benefit, really to have parents that consume cannabis in a highly responsible way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for myself, I mean, I think of myself as a pretty intellectual person and I was always living in my head. And it wasn't until I tried cannabis where I realized there's something else other than my cognitive brain, like telling me what I liked, what I didn't like, and I needed to pay attention a bit more to my body. And I do believe that, you know, if I have that self-discovery in myself, then it's much easier for me to allow my kids to grow up in an environment that would allow them to explore themselves a bit more openly without these constraints that I had when I was younger and didn't get a chance to utilize cannabis. Yeah, gosh, it's true. I mean, I used cannabis secretly for so long of my adult life because I, I suffer from anxiety and a little bit of OCD. And, you know, me being around children, when I am completely, you know, sober, I'm constantly picking up after them and cleaning up the messes and whatnot. I think for a lot of parents who have a huge job, especially single parents, mm-hmm. you have a huge job as soon as you wake up in the morning, getting your family up, ready, and out the door and to school And then, you know, getting yourself to work, coming home, picking people up, dinner, everything. It's so easy to just feel like a drill sergeant and constantly telling people to pick things up and do this and do that. And and I feel like that's probably the way I would be, you know, if it weren't for cannabis. And I think cannabis really does help you to be in that flow state of like, you know what? 
we're everybody's having a good time right now. And when it's time, we will, you know, we'll pick all this up together. But like right now, let's just have fun. Totally, totally. And my mom, my mom historically has been a very carefree person. And as she's gotten older, she's become basically like a worry wart. And recently she's been consuming a bit more cannabis and really kind of returning back to the person that she was. And I think that for her, she had become this worry wart for so long. She almost forgot what that carefree version of her was like. So now that she started consuming cannabis again and started being reintroduced to that previous version of herself, she remembers and she could start getting back to that. Because I think once she forgot what that feeling was like, then not that there wasn't any hope, but you know, I always feel like that's why I think having periodic spiritual journeys to remind you of true gratefulness and gratitude mm-hmm. are important because you tap back into those feelings that could really sustain, you know, long periods of motivation because it's something that's very important to you. Yeah. And I also think too that that's why grandparents are so fucking awesome. And you know, it's like when they're when they are the parents, they're completely worried, bogged down. I don't want to fuck these kids up. And then all of a sudden they're grandparents and then they are they're carefree you know, themselves again, and they're able to parent the way they wish they could have the first time around. Totally, totally. I mean, you don't know what you don't know when you first have a kid and you just think this is the most important thing I've ever created. I got to put all my effort into it. And well, you realized people used to raise babies in caves too, and babies (laughs) survived back then. So, you know, the Purell and all these really nice things really aren't needed, but um, that is a cool part. It's by the time we had our second kid, we realized that we didn't have to be these helicopter parents. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, the parental books all say that there's typical first child. The first childs are a little bit more reserved because the parents pour in so many resources and they're basically less independent. And as you have more and more siblings, uh, the siblings all have to be a bit more independent or figure out how to stand out because there's more competition. So um, it's not every first and second child display this, but the vast majority of siblings you'll see the older sibling is typically a bit more responsible and reserved. And then the younger siblings tend to be a bit more rambunctious and attention-seeking. Well, I'm the younger one, so I'd have to agree. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> and we both have podcasts. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I have something to say. I don't even care. Who wants to listen to me? I'm going to say it. I love it. I love it. I was inspired by your story because in a weird way, um, that's my goal too. I want to be paid for just being me. You know, that's, and I think that I remember when I was younger, I always heard people just be yourself. And what I realized was it took me about 35 years to figure out who I was. And I'm still in that process too. Well, and if someone's not willing to sit down and do that work and be a warrior in their own head because that's where the biggest battle happens. Yeah, totally. And so it's like, you've got to be able to duke that out and win control over, you know, who's in charge, my ego or my authentic self. Yeah. I mean, so many people talk about uh, The Art of War, which is that book by Sun Tzu, which are strategies and tactics to control and defeat your enemy. But there's another book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, and it's strategies and tactics to defeat the ultimate enemy, yourself. You know, And I thought that was such a brilliant book because I think so many times we look externally like what's not going right, what's holding me back. And I would venture based on my own 
experience that 99% of the times that I was being held back, it was a self-created mental block that I gave yeah. myself. Yes, so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I we've all done that. So it sounds to me like Canadad is in a really prime place to be an amazing father and not change his consumption habits. Perhaps we have some tips for him as far as how we store it. What are some maybe better products to use? Or, you know, do you have any tips in that regard when it comes to like actually using cannabis as a father? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't like to dictate the way people consume cannabis, but I always recommend, you know, if you don't have to smoke it in the house, you know, that would be the number one thing that's easy for the kids to get a hold of. And, you know, as you said, monkey see, monkey do. And at worst, they may burn themselves. And I guess at best, they may actually experience cannabis. Um, So, um, and edibles that look like candies, you know, I never like having edibles that could be mistaken for something else in my house. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things that I think really work well is I've been recommending to people like Canadabs, like tinctures and pills, you know, those look a lot more like traditional medicines. So if, especially if you've grown up with kids that maybe are teenagers right now. So when they were growing up, it was one thing and now it's something else. So now you could kind of show them something that looks more like Western medicine, like the pills and things like that. And then ultimately, I think that educating yourself, just like he wrote the letter, this is step one, but continue to read the research. I think that when you are able to truly understand all the different ways that people are utilizing cannabis, then you have much less fear on what your kid is seeing because you understand the totality of how this plant is being utilized. And for myself, you know, like I've been through like SFO or LAX TSA where I had a lot of material on me and well, I guess now they basically said they don't care. But previous to that, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've had issues where I've seen other people where they were saying, hey, just because it's adult use doesn't mean you could just carry it through here and the people would have to throw it away. And what I found is because I've been able to educate myself to a specific level is A, I use that as an opportunity to educate the TSA agent. But once they were educated on why I was utilizing it, there was never any reason for them to think they should take it away from me. You know, and ultimately, that's why I think education is so important because there's going to be more questions. And the great news is instead of just getting, you know, stoner stories from your college buddy, you could go look at the Hello MD study that they did with UC Berkeley. You could look at any of Dr. Mishulam's um, research or. You could tune into Casually Baked the podcast. Correct. Yes. If you don't want to read, you could just listen to smart people like us talk about, you know, the great things about cannabis. And ultimately, I do believe that. I mean, the school that I go to, uh, there are a lot of Indian parents there that, although they grew up with hashish, uh, cannabis is just a different thing. And I found that once I'm able to answer a lot of their questions and do it in a way where it doesn't sound like I'm utilizing anecdotal stories from college, you know, it really changes the paradigm of the way they think about it too. And ultimately, I believe that if you have the confidence and the ability to distillate this information to adults, then you'll be able to do it to children as well. That is a great point because less than you worrying about this relationship with your daughter, you know, when she starts getting to be in sleepover age and hanging out with friends, it's going to be very important that you know how to have this dialogue with your child's friend's parents. Yep. And being able to educate them so that your child doesn't end up getting ostracized because... She lives in the house where they smoke pot. 
you know, and I think this is going to be less and less as, as, you know, as legalization continues to kind of sweep through the country. But right now, you know, we're still in the early adopter phase of this kind of lifestyle where people are out and about and, you know, out of the closet. So that would, I think that would be another thing to just, you know, be thinking about, you know, obviously you've got a few years before that happens, Canada dad, but but that is going to be a thing. Yeah. And I always recommend that for a lot of people is that if you do re- uh, acquire that level of cannabis knowledge, you know, that I highly encourage people to share it with other folks. Because what I found is that a lot of people, I kind of look at cannabis as like pit bulls. If you just kind of read the headlines, you'll think it's something. But if you scratch beneath the surface, just like pit bulls, you'll realize these are actually really good dogs. They're just powerful, you know, and cannabis, I feel is the same thing. You know, once you start doing your research and you get past the headlines, you'll start understanding that this is one of the greatest secrets or, you know, like the one fact of the that greatest it, gifts from the universe. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it was illegal, I think we'll be almost like laughing about that when we look at it back in history uh, after we see how many people have benefited when it was legalized. Right. That's for sure. Do you have any closing thoughts for Canada, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So one story I'd like to share is, and this is kind of hammering the same point about uh, vocalizing if you have the cannabis knowledge, is before my daughter started kindergarten, she's in second grade now, my wife said that before you let any of the other parents know what you do, just make sure they get to like you first uh, in fear that if they knew what I did, they wouldn't have their kids play with our kids. And I thought long and hard about it, you know, on the walk to school, and I made the decision to not listen to my wife this time, one of the few times. And ultimately, what this led to was, uh, well, about two-thirds of the parents are my customers now. And I think going in without the stoner shame, um, if you go in with shame, it's like you said, when I was hiding it from my daughter, she was picking up on something. She may not have known what was going on, but her spidey senses uh, went off and she was curious. So I thought that it was very important that when I went in, I represented myself truthfully and it's all, it's all worked out very well. And I think that, um, you'd be surprised at how many people are just thirsting for this knowledge. So I thank you for doing a show like Casually Baked so that people could tune in and start learning some of these skill sets and tools that will really help them deal with their children or even deal with their own habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great tip. You know, being able to just fully embrace who you are and 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 do that courageously. You know, that that's that serves us in every area of our life, be it in business, in relationships, you know, if you're out there dating, you know, be, parenting in every sense of your life, you know, being your authentic self and being so comfortable in your skin. You are a great dad, Canada dad. You are going to raise an amazing daughter. And if you have any other questions as she's growing up, you should totally reach out to us because there's a whole other set of issues whenever they turn to teens and tweens. And we'll save that for another episode of Love, Mary Jane. Yeah, I don't have answers to those yet. <laughs> so right. I'm kind of uh, on a roller coaster ride where right now they're young enough where everything's working out so good. But yeah, when they're teenagers, I... Don't know how the flip is going to switch, but the early indicators seem like they think cannabis isn't that cool because daddy does it. So maybe it won't be that big of an issue when they're in high school. Yeah, there are a couple of kids that I've talked to that 
since it is legal, they really, you know, they don't have much of a sense of urgency to do it. Because they're like, oh, so I'm going to go sneak around and do that same thing that my parents are in there doing in the kitchen? Like, yeah, what? yeah. Never um, mind. My younger cousins, I think, they uh, they they jokingly describe it. A- after legalization, the, the pot just seems 15% worse now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Those of us in the industry, though, know that that's not true. Oh, no, no. If anything, it's gotten 15% stronger, which at this point with the... 99% THCA crystalline. I'm like, does it need to get any stronger? I mean, I know. that was not on my uh, list of things for, um, you know, yeah. the next type of product to come out. Right. For sure. Yeah. That's one of the, a big thing to Canada, like to really, truly consume cannabis and be present as a father. It's really about mastering micro dosing and finding your sweet spot when it comes to, you know, whether or not you're medicating for pain or for anxiety, whatever those reasons are, you know, making sure that you do stay connected, you do stay present, and you are able to, you know, jump when there's a fire. I love it. I love it. Stay connected, stay present, and get ready to jump if there's a fire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for being here, Sabo. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Hope I can come back soon. Absolutely. Thanks to Sabo Shen for sharing his personal Canadad perspective. If you're a highly responsible parent and want to learn more about Sabo's work in the cannabis space and explore the vaping devices he co-created, I'll include links to Vapex Hell and Hanu Stone in the show notes at casuallybaked.com. Catch Sabo and his co-host Brandon on the Happy Asian Males podcast, where they do a deep dive into subjects affecting their lives as Chinese-American men. From business, sexuality, psychedelics, fitness, mental health, and human optimization. They talk it out to improve their lives and help others. Connect with all of us on social, at Casually Baked and at Happy Asian Males. Yes, it is. It's hot time. If you're a parent and are inspired by what you heard today, I hope you'll share this episode with your mommy and daddy circles. I'll share helpful resources for highly responsible parenting in the podcast 70 show notes at casuallybaked.com. And if you're into the whole advice column sort of a thing, explore more Love Mary Jane podcasts at lovemaryjane.net and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a cannabis-infused relationship question or sticky situation, Submit on the website or record a voice memo and email it to ask at lovemaryjane.net. And if you're in the Bay Area on Thursday, January 17th, catch a live taping of the Love Mary Jane podcast at Mary Jane's Coming Out Party. We'll be in the lounge at Harvest on Geary in San Francisco. RSVP for Mary Jane's Coming Out Party at lovemaryjane.net. We had a Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out.
Next week on the podcast, I'm talking to the co-founders of Garden Society, the low-dose edibles brand that highlights the renowned food culture of Sonoma County, California. I'll chat with Aaron and Carly about their latest projects and the growing trend of smoking CBD. If you're a busy mom wearing a lot of hats or a professional with a stressful job, or you simply need to drop tobacco like a bad habit, this episode is for you. Puff, puff, pass it on. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network.